Today on episode 119 of the Home of Play podcast, Capcom Showcase 2022 happened. We discussed the highs and lows of that. So much Final Fantasy news. Hold on to your socks. And we tell you our initial impressions of the PlayStation Plus Plus membership. All that and much more. I got a lot to say. Let's get some intro. <laughs> Happy Monday and welcome home, everybody. Welcome back to episode 119 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday the two best friends join forces to give you the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we're the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Stephen. With me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free for your enjoy your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, by telling your friends, family, and the girl next door about the show and that they can find us on all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing. It's all because you love the gaming homies, helping to spread the cause through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss all these showcases that happened this past week. But before we get to all that, we need to discuss what we've been doing this last week and probably some additional stuff as well. So let's start with Chris. Okay, so this weekend, uh, I went to the lake and I was actually, hey, people are saying, oh, he's getting some nature. He's getting some nature. No, he's bringing his computer out to the lake with some buddies and we played games. So uh, what did we play? We played a good amount of Divinity Original Sin 2. Uh, I say good amount, but it's more or less we kind of played a little bit. The, the guys understand the game a little bit more now, so we're probably going to end up starting over and tweaking the characters initially. So really enjoying that one. Um, we played a little bit of Wreckfest. That's the Demo Derby game. Uh, I, got the, I bought the guys Devour, so that was fun to get scared the crap out of. Uh, and a couple other small games that we played, but just more kind of arcade stuff. But as far as how it goes at home, well... We got the new PlayStation Premium membership. So what have I been playing on that? Well, uh, so I guess one thing to give you guys a heads up about is my AC has been having some problems right now. So any electronics, even recording the podcast right now, is probably going to heat my place up too much. And it's going to drive me nuts. But I'll do it for you guys. So I haven't played a heck of a lot of games on the console. But I did download a few once I got the new membership. Uh, I got Evil Genius 2. I really like the first one, uh, kind of like the dungeon type of builder. Uh, had a lot, having, having a lot of fun with that one. That's probably one of the ones I played the most so far. Uh, I got Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, it's, I'm funny to watch playing Mortal Kombat 11 because you go through the initial tutorial where it's like left, right, B, A, or whatever, whatever, whatever the combo is, X, uh, circle. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's a cool combo. And then at the end, it's like, now show us what you got and do all those combos and fight the guy. And I end up just going back into button mashing mode because <laughs> I just, I don't know. It doesn't stick in my mind. So had a little bit of fun with that. Still doing some of those tutorials, but did a couple of random matches with some bots on medium difficulty and did okay. I, I won, but it's not, it's not pretty to watch or anything. But um. Another one that's been on my list for a while, Empire of Sin. Uh, I'm liking that. It's like a mafia tactics style game. Um, 
it's I'm interested in it. I screwed up with something at the beginning of the game and I accidentally skipped a tutorial and it's like a long tutorial. So now I'm like, eh, I think I should probably go back and do it. So I need to restart it. So it doesn't tell you how far I'm in, I'm in it, but I'm interested to see where it's going to go. And then I got the Bloober game, uh, Observer. Yeah, it's the game with the late Rutger Hauer. Um, I'm interested in it. Uh, it's definitely grabbed me. It's more of like a detective type of game. You get like a crime scene and you got to figure it out. It's a little like really too colorful. Like there's like kind of you see the machines kind of in the, the wires in the walls and stuff. And it's like you, there's no like easy way to like you can flip it off, but you kind of need it on to like be able to actually find any of the stuff lying around. So I'm interested to see uh, what that game will entail. And then finally, um, which we're probably going to talk about more up ahead. The Resident Evil games have gotten PS5 upgrades, uh, so I promptly uh, downloaded the Resident Evil 2 one and got an instant platinum after I turned the game on, which was always nice to see. So double up my trophies just for the sake of doubling them up, but I, I was bored, so I ended up playing Claire on hardcore mode, just kind of flying through it pretty quick. Got past the first boss, got the kid, lost the kid. That's where I am. So that's pretty much been my gaming this week. Um, it's, it's been a good gaming week, other than my AC not working and I'm melting away. But that's been my week. How about yourself? Uh, like you said, we got the new subscription service tier system there. Um, I also upgraded a premium. And uh, from, I believe, yeah, I think it's Essentials Extra and then Premium. So um did that didn't really have a lot of time my wife was off on holidays this week so my traditional day off on wednesday to play games uh, i chose to spend with her and we did some other fun activities uh but when i did get to try some things um i downloaded john wick i don't know why this keeps happening but i keep trying to call it jonah hill but it's john wick hex and uh I just like the John Wick movies. I've heard about this indie game. It seemed like it had an interesting premise. I downloaded it, played it for maybe an hour or two. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't like it at all. Um, it has a lot of weaknesses, and I just was kind of like, okay, I see what you're trying to do here, but I think it could have been a little more polished. And so I bounced, and man, did I just start downloading games. So I haven't played a lot. Uh, I spent a little bit of time in Mafia Definitive Edition. Uh, that was one, you know, it's one of the games that me and you kept bringing up that we both wanted to try it, but that we kept trying to not buy it because we had suspicions it might show up on the PlayStation Plus, uh, one of the tiers, and that's exactly what happened. So, man, do we look smart today. Woo. So, I, yeah, so I downloaded that. I didn't get a lot of time into it. I will say it looks pretty, definitely better than what it originally looked like. Uh, the faces, and the models a little iffy but hey it's, it can't all be bangers and um i look forward to spending more time there I download death stranding um final fantasy 9 uh what else did i download i'm sure there's other things i'm forgetting but i got uh, now i finally have a back catalog apparently um <laughs> back catalog oh, I'm, actually you'll be uh, you'll be happy about this um I didn't think I'd ever do it. I had zero interest in it, but because of the recent uh, gameplay reveal for 
uh plague tale requiem uh i'm i download i'm or currently downloading the first one i guess i'm finally ready to give it a try apparently we got the ps5 version recently so on the playstation plus game of the month or whatever so i'm like okay like at least it's the ps5 version i'll have the best impression um that you can so mm-hmm. i'll try that at some point I, yeah it's just interesting to have a back catalog i'm not one of those that usually has that um yeah. so it's like i don't even know what to do with my hands <laughs> what do i do um yeah I, uh but if you want that's about all i've been playing but i didn't really write us a, a portion in the show here but if you want i guess we could talk about the uh three-tier system yeah uh, our brief sure. experience with it your impression of it yeah okay so some of the big things that came out of it so far i think was I remember reading an article um, that said we lost a lot of games because the PlayStation Now service cut a whole bunch. I think it was like 280 games that were on PlayStation Now that aren't available on the new system. Mm-hmm. So that's not great because typically the games that were on PlayStation Now were probably newer games. By newer, I mean within the last three or four years, probably compared to some of the older stuff. So that might be a bit of a hit. Um, I think one major disappointment is Sony's definition of classic games. Um, If you liked any PS3 games, boy, do you got the option to stream those. (laughs) I know that sounds sarcastic, and I am a little sarcastic. A little. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little. But to me, um, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't have any like super fond memories of PlayStation 3 games. I, I, I could think of a handful that were like really, really good, like uh, Metal Gear uh, 4. Uh, that was probably one of the bigger ones. PlayStation All-Stars was kind of fun because that was like our Smash. Um... Maybe the little big planets were kind of unique back then, but there's not a lot of big like first party hitters in my opinion. Some people would say, well, the God of Wars maybe, but a lot of those got remastered for the newer systems anyway. Uh, so well, the only one that even came out was it three. Uh, wasn't it just three and Ascension? Yeah, three and Ascension. But and I heard Ascension's those were good. Dog poop. Oh, so... was it? Okay. Oh yeah. Third one was good. As a though. God of War fan, like I've beat one, two, three. Yeah. Really loved three. Um, I even loved the PSP one. Was that Chains of Olympus? I can't remember what it was called. But anyway, yeah. uh, yeah, I hated Ascension. I it's only God of War I've never beaten. So I'm at some point I want to find a PS3 game to try because I'm curious to try the streaming and see how that works because I haven't actually tried it yet. So I gotta look through there and see what I can find. And then what did we get? I think we got was it 21 games or 16 games. That were PS1, PS2, and PSP. That's it. So yeah, it has games like like Wild Arms, Ape Escape, Siphon Filter. Not a lot, to be honest. And not any of the ones that are like super iconic PlayStation for me. I Maybe I guess Ape Escape's kind of PlayStation, I guess. But I don't know. There's definitely better, more exclusives. I mean, they added, I guess, trophy support to some of them. But I mean, I haven't, I haven't tried downloading them. So I guess... Where I'm currently sitting, my definition of classic would have been PS1, PS2, and whatever PSP, if you want to include it. Theirs might have been more PS3, which, like I said, 
not my favorite system. So then we get to like the regular, I guess, PlayStation extra extra pass, which is pretty good. I mean, that's that that's I would call that the banger of it because you got a lot of good games like the Red Dead Redemption. You got Demon Souls. Uh, I think Spider Man's on there. Both of them. Yeah, both of I them. Like that. That I think's your best value for if you want to be playing newer games. Is it the best value for you and me? Probably not because we've already paid and bought for those bought those games. You know what I mean? Mm. So there's an odd one on there that's like one that I didn't do. For instance, uh, now we have Guardians of the Galaxy. It was kind of on my list as like, yeah, I would play it eventually. I didn't want to spend money on it, so now I don't have to. So that was kind of nice. But I was I was was hoping for more newer games, but like I was hoping maybe for um the judgment game. Uh a lost judgment. Lost judgment. Uh maybe I don't know, just some older ones. I wasn't expecting new new stuff, but I was expecting a little bit more. Now, the one thing I'll step back and say is I don't think this is the full service yet. I feel like uh, if you read the website, it says that they're still going to be rolling out more and more games constantly. So I'm I'm hoping that this isn't like the full catalog yet, especially for PS1 and PS2, because that's pretty poor in my opinion. And game trials, meh, I don't care about game trials really. And I was never a demos guy. I mean, it's kind of nice the feature that you can like your save should copy over to the actual game if you get it. So I guess that's kind of interesting. But so overall, my opinion's okay. Like I, I had to renew my subscription for the whole three years because that's what my current pass was. So it cost me another, I think, 160 bucks or something like that. I can't remember how much it was. So I, I didn't feel like I was like gypped by paying that. I'm pretty sure. Over the next three years, I'm definitely going to get my value. I'm already getting my value, I think, on some of the stuff, the older games. Final Fantasy VIII Remaster, I think that one was on there. I'd maybe try that one again, because I never finished it. Yeah, they have uh, the PlayStation 1 version of Final Fantasy VII right. that got re-released for PS4. They have Final Fantasy VIII Remaster. They have Final Fantasy IX, Final Fantasy X, and yeah. X-2. And Final Fantasy twelve and twelve was that the new yeah. version of twelve? I wasn't sure. Yeah, it's the PS four. Yeah, and that's the one that you had suggested that was actually pretty decent. Yeah. So I could maybe see myself going back to those. So I I think it's I'm I'm pretty positive about it, even though I'm kind of focusing on the negatives. But like I think I'm going to get my value. I think an average person could probably get the like the the craziest pass and never really have to go out and buy games. You're going to find more than enough content on this. That's the same as Game Pass, too. If you have Game Pass, you don't really ever have to buy games, to be honest. You get enough content from the stuff that you get uh, available to. So, overall, positive. Couple negatives, but I figure, I figure these negatives will probably be gone over the next, like, two or three months. I think they'll... I'm hoping the library will expand a little bit more. So, that's, I think, my initial impression. <laughs> so, how about yourself? Uh, so, yeah, I... I think I echo a lot of things with you. Um, I think we have a big issue. I think they have a premium tier. It's the most expensive tier, and currently it's dog shit. It's the worst. 21 games. They're bad games. Like I, I think I've brought this up a few times, but I specifically, I can't remember what episode, specifically made the joke that it better not be like shit games yeah. like Jumping Flash. 
and then sure shit jumping flash is there i i literally couldn't believe it i'm like it, it's as if someone listened to my joker and like oh we're gonna show him so they add that there's like nothing of value in the premium tier i i literally don't know how they can justify telling people hey like we're talking about a category that's supposed to be PS1, PS2, and PSP games, and we have a total of 20. Out of all three consoles, I have 20. There's more games. If I turn on my PS3 right now, I can get more PS1 classics than the premium tier. Yeah, I got to buy them a la carte, but I, I don't care. I just did. I spent $100 a couple months ago. I'm more enticed to turn on my PS3 at this point than I am to use this bloody service, at least at the premium tier. It, it, that, it, like... That is so poor. I, I'm like, as you can audibly tell, I'm pretty excited and upset that they would just even come out with such a poor showing like this. And again, I think what I'm more frustrated about is this is premium tier. This showing is so bad that if they just added it to essentials, I would have been like, okay, whatever. I, I can, you know, sleep this off. It's not a big deal. But the fact that they're trying to hose people extra money for 20 games. When, like Chris said, the extra tier is definitely the banger of all the tiers. You get almost all the things except for cloud streaming, oh no, game trials. I'm not against game trials. I think it's a neat idea for games that if I wasn't 100% sold, like they don't have it on there. But if Death Stranding was part of a game trial, that would have been a game that I'm like, yeah, I want to try this because this very easily could be something that doesn't click for me luckily that's part of the extra so i can just play the game try it i don't have to worry about like a timer but on its like own i'm not gonna buy premium for trials and on its own i'm not gonna pay for premium for 20 of some of the crappiest playstation one classics i'm so let down uh, again i do think there's something to be had here it's but it's called the extra tier I, at, at the current state, I cannot recommend anyone pay premium. And I will tell you that I paid for the premium upgrade. Luckily, it was only $8 because my subscription uh, ends in July. I'm not resubscribing. When it, when it come, When it's done, I'm going back to essentials and laughing my ass off. Because like Chris said, if you are a PlayStation enthusiast, which I hope you are if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably played almost all these games. A huge majority. There's a few that I'm finding here and there. And like I said, back catalog. But I'm going to probably be done with most of them by the time my subscription ends. And I just don't currently see. And I, I've had a couple people argue with me about this and say, well, Steve, it's just started. You know, in a year, maybe two, there's going to be a lot more PlayStation 1 classics. That's fine. And that is a-okay, except they want $100 plus now for that service at that tier. Yeah. And that is wrong. You should not have to pay for hopes that they're going to give you content for that money. They should give you content now so that you want to pay. What world am I living in? That like, I get that you can be a fanboy and sometimes get a little lost in the leaves, like 100% the existence of uh, Sea of Thieves. Yeah, like that, that's exactly how that lives. It's just fanboys. I, I can't imagine anyone else playing that game. Um, so it's just like, yeah, like... I get fandom and all that stuff, but like we have to be rational here. And like this is super disappointing. Like I I'm going to play Mafia. I'm going to play Death Stranding. Maybe even play Returnal with you. I'm going to get a few games out of this. But again, if you're already in this ecosystem, like this just seems like it's for somebody that's never had a PlayStation console, or at least at least the PS4. 
And then if you're new on PS5, you're like, hey, look, I have all these games. And it's like, yeah, then it's that's a steal then at that yeah. point. Like if you've never played any of these. But otherwise, yeah, this is super this is a big letdown. Cause I mean, anyone that listened knew I was really looking for the PlayStation One classics. Maybe I'm the odd one out, but even if you had no interest, then it's like who could justify that being the third and most expensive option? I like, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh on PlayStation Three. Like there were good games back then, but like I don't know, they're back then. Like Batman, Return yeah. to Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, like uh, the Resident Evils, Bioshock. But like a lot of this stuff wasn't specific to the PlayStation Three console either. Like it was, mm-hmm. they're they're on all the systems, so it's like a whole whack of the Dynasty Warriors, but not nine because nine was actually the decent one. Fear, although that's a bazillion years old. Heavy Rain, like there's good games. It's just maybe I don't know. Maybe we're looking at it in the sense that it's like all the good games from PS3 we would have already played. Well, I, I don't know. I'm going to be honest here. I, I didn't even bother looking at the PS3 games. I specifically catered the list I was looking at to just be PS4 or PlayStation 1 classics and that. I, think, uh, I, I was I don't not blame you. interested at all in anything streaming. Yeah. I mean, it's not to say that the streaming service won't work properly. It probably works fine. I just... No, I can guarantee it won't for me because my uh, ISP is oh yeah uh, the devil. And uh, I tried just cloud... I just want to test the cloud streaming on like a basic PS one classic and it wasn't even doing anything. Oh no, sorry. It's a PS four game. And yeah, that I could already tell that wasn't going to work out well for me. So, uh, you know, closing comments. If you, like I've been saying over and over, if you have been in this ecosystem for a while, if you've purchased all these games, then I don't see what is here for you currently. I would definitely wait. Um, but if you're new to PlayStation, then sure, go to town. But even then, I would still, the caveat would be no premium. Just go to extra. Extra is where all the value is. You know, take a gander at it. See if it's something for you. But, uh, currently I'm, uh, I'm going to give it a pass right now. Uh, I'm going to try it out for now. And like I said, I, I'm, I think I'm going to be able to play the games I'm actually interested in a very short amount of time. So. For me, I would just say it's based on your situation. Like, if you're new to the PlayStation ecosystem, um, premium is going to just blow you away because there's so much stuff. But that also I is... Think, I think extra will blow you away. E- I think extra premium. would be newer stuff. Yeah, for sure. Premium yeah. would be if you want to dip into the old back catalog, um, but only PS3 back catalog. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's any value in that because, like I said, most of those games were on all the systems. For a good majority of them so you probably yeah. have already played them anyway so well since we're already on this topic chris let's talk about sony's classic playstation games on ps plus or 60 hertz in north america this one comes from vgc the north american version of sony's revamped playstation plus service has gone live in the region confirming several new games and ntsc versions of ps1 classics uh all 20 of those all classics, 21 of chris, them but they're running beautifully, apparently, including the Resident Evil director's cut. All I could say is, as they should. As they should, and hopefully moving forward, they keep adding the NTSC when they dump these in the halfway point of the months. Uh, not a lot to discuss here, but I just thought, uh, you know, at least in North America, like, I still feel bad for Europe, but, you know, at least 
yeah, it sounds really petty. Just be like, well, at least we're getting the good one. But what can I say? Honestly, that is. But we were always getting it. Like back then, it was the North American NTSC, right? Yeah. It's just how it's always been, unfortunately. So we'll move to the next one. Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden confirmed for PS5. This one comes from Push Square. Atlas confirms that PS3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden are coming to PS5. The beloved Japanese RPGs were announced for Game Pass on PC and Xbox during the latter's summer showcase, which naturally prompted a negative response from PlayStation fans. These beloved games will also be heading to Steam and PlayStation 5. There's no mention of PS4, however, which is perhaps a little strange. Neither game has a release date either. We all, all we know is that Persona 5 Royal is hitting PC and Xbox on the 21st of October, so we're assuming that the other two will arrive after that. Uh, to go with this story, though, uh, it kind of builds upon, uh, we found out Persona 5 Royal PS5 Remaster seemingly confirmed releases the 21st of October. This one comes from Push Square. Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden are heading to PS4 and not PS5 like our previous article suggested, but Persona 5 Royal seems to be a different story. We say seems because at this point, Atlas is clearly capable of providing incorrect information. In any case, Persona 5 Royal is listed for PS5 and the Japanese PlayStation blog corroborates this. Okay, it will release on the 21st of October, and it will, according to Atlas's website, include all previously released DLC. So, Chris, I don't know if we really want to talk about a Persona 5 Royal remaster. I mean, me and you have Persona 5-based Royal. We've just Persona 5'd out ourselves. But maybe let's move backwards through time, and uh, let's talk about Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden. Uh, they're confirmed. Not for PS5, like the previous article, but for PS4. And uh, you know that Daddy wanted one thing, and that is Persona 4 Golden to be on a console that's convenient for me to play it on. Uh, not you, Steam. Not you. And uh, yeah, finally. Holy crap, it's taken forever. Sadly, it looks like we're going to have to wait till 2023. But boy, howdy, I'm excited for both of these. And uh, I, I don't know about yourself, though. I feel like I kind of got you onto the Persona bandwagon. You did. And uh, you fell in love with it. I would arguably harder than even I did. Uh, you definitely enjoyed Persona 5. So tell me, are you going to play these games when they come out? I don't know much about the third one, uh, but I've heard good things about Persona 4 Golden. Um, maybe. I Sometimes I find it harder to go backwards once I've already seen, you know, the current. <laughs> so I, it's a possibility. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. I'd have to have nothing going on. Uh, maybe look up the story a little bit, see if it grabs me. I know all the monsters are pretty much the same in all the games. So mm -hmm. I, I, I'm interested. It, it might be one of those ones that would be fun if we, like, you and I were both playing it at the same time and just seeing, like, the different outcomes. If the game has that type of thing, I assume it does. So mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm definitely interested in it. So the third one, I don't know. That might be too far back for me. Some people would be like, oh, you don't play the old stuff, but trust me, I play the old stuff. It's just, it's old stuff that I've, I know I've played already <laughs> and like, so yeah, I'm I'm interested. Good for Xbox and PC. Yay. Yeah. I mean, happy we'll for them. Yeah. I'm just happy that anything that makes Persona 4 Golden actually come to the <laughs> current consoles. I just allow anything at this point. Just let me have it. Yeah. Um, but how about that Royal? Let's play that again. 
I gotta get another set of trophies. PS5. And it's like, you know what sucks too is I bought all the DLC for Persona 4 Royal or sorry, Persona 5 Royal yeah. already. So it's like the remaster wouldn't actually give me anything anyway. Yeah. Um, added content anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, Persona 4 Golden though. Definitely gonna be trying that. I agree with you a little. Like, we'll have to see what 2023 brings, but you know, if we're inundated with like release after release, then yeah, this might go in the back burner but hey when it when i'm ready for it it's going to be there and that's going to make me feel good and there's if nothing comes out then i'll jump to it right away so anyway we can move forward sonic frontiers dev confident people will understand the game no plans for a delay this one comes from push square the open world adventure has endured a rough few weeks with debut gameplay footage having been heavily criticized across the internet Many fans have since called for a delay, which they did for the movie too, which would in theory allow Sonic Team to further polish the game ahead of its Q4 2022 release window. However, in a new interview with VGC, head developer Takashi Aizuka says that the studio has no plans to delay Sonic Frontiers as a result of fan feedback. In fact, the Sonic Team boss is confident that people will enjoy the game once they actually play it. In quotes, We realize a lot of people are watching the videos online and making assumptions, but we do feel confident based on the playtest results from the target demographic. Curious what that demographic is at this point. That are coming in and playing the game start to finish. They're getting to play the whole game (laughs) as playtesters. They really like the game and we're confident that we're making a game that will be satisfying. Ah, oh, man. I, I can't even begin to unpack this one. Let's be honest. I've been out of Sonic since Sonic 1 and 2. <laughs> Honestly, like, I remember playing Sonic on the Game Gear, uh, obviously a long time ago. Yesterday. <laughs> I liked the... I watched both movies. I enjoyed them as far as I can. Um, You know, they're not deep movies, but they were enjoyable. Uh, I guess I wasn't a big enough Sonic fan. To, you know what? I'm gonna take. I'm not gonna spoil the movie. Never mind. I'll die. Something that happens at the end of the second one that I didn't fully understand and was not prepared for. Just imagine Dragon Ball Z, and um, I don't know. Like I, this game, a lot of the criticisms, from my understanding, are on how it's running. Basically, there's a lot of graphical errors. It looks open but very empty. Like as much as I criticize Breath of the Wild for having nothing, um, this game somehow looks do worse it than fast. that. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I don't know, this kind of feels like the stuff we get from Square Enix where they're like, you just don't understand NFTs and you don't understand this. And it's just like, okay, but like, yes, it is a video and maybe we're making assumptions like he says, but with the graphical glitches, and that's a lot from what I've been hearing about why they want it delayed. Nobody said like, we don't like what we see make a completely different game. They're just saying it's not running good, like at all. And it's a Sonic game. There's really no excuse. It's not graphically demanding. Like it, it, I'm not trying to be mean, but it barely looks like it like needs to like it doesn't even look like it belongs on the next gen consoles or current gen. You know, I always bounce back on that one. Um, it almost looks like a PS3 game. So like, how is it not running like perfect? That thing should be able to run at like 120 frames per second. When the old Spyro games look just as good or if not better, mm-hmm. I think it tells you something. Maybe I'm being overly critical. I've never been a super Sonic fan, but 
I, I I don't remember anybody ever talking about, hey, did you play that last Sonic game? That one was the shit. No, that just yeah. didn't happen. It's not exactly the water cooler game that people talk no. about. No. Other than, like, playing the first and second one, it's got iconic characters, sure, that, like, I'm more interested in that. Maybe even the old cartoon was decent back then. I don't remember. I remember watching it a long time ago. Long time ago. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. This one... Uh, this one's a pass for me, but uh, I'm sure the demographic that are playing the game will really like it. I'm sarcastic <laughs> From today. start to finish. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're very sassy today. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know where this is going. I really hope this ends up being a fine game and maybe people are like looking into it a little too hard. I really hope that's the case because I don't think that is the case. But anyway, moving forward. Sony's Fire Sprite is moving to an office more than 20 times larger than its current one. This one comes from VGC. Fire Sprite's office unit at Vanilla Factory covers 2,295 square feet, according to the building's floor plan information. However, the company has now leased a four-building cluster in Liverpool's Duke Street, which will give 50,000 square foot of space. Uh, The move is significantly larger. Accommodation will help Fire Sprite handle the numerous projects it's currently working on. So we're not going to get too deep in this one. You know, take it as face value. They're moving to a bigger office. They apparently have a lot of work ahead of them. Fantastic. Can't wait to hear more. PS5 will notify you, Chris, when your games in your wish list are added to PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium. This is from Push Square. There's a neat little touch observed by fans signed up to the new revamp PS Plus tiers. The PS5 will notify you when games that you have in your wish list are added to PlayStation Plus Extra or PS Plus Premium. It already does a similar thing with discounts, so this makes sense, of course, but it's a neat touch for members who may not be keeping a close eye on all your PS Plus games lists. It's super handy because I got the premium. I was going through all the games, or at least what I thought was all the games. Maybe I went too fast, skipped a couple. It's hard. There's a lot. And... I think later on in that night, like maybe seven hours later, then I got the update on my phone where it said, hey, Guardians of the Galaxy and, and Sins of Empire or whatever it's called is free. And I'm like, oh, so I just had to go on the phone app, went to my wish list, click on the game, add to library, download. So um, that's super handy because, you know, just people aren't paying attention all the time. So if you have a populated wish list, take a look after you upgrade your plan. It might be free. Okay, so we're going to move on again. The Quarry and High on Life were originally Google Stadia games. This one comes from VGC. Supermassive's The Quarry, which was released this month and published by 2K, and High on Life, the title from Rick and Morty co-creator Justin Roiland, revealed during a recent Xbox showcase, both started life as Stadia exclusives, according to Axios. According to two sources speaking to the publication, both titles were at one point signed with Google before its decision to downsize its internal games business meant they were forced to find another publisher. Supermassive Games was looking for a publishing partner as the project came to completion. A rep for Take Two told Axios. Yeah, so it sounds like both companies didn't really want to confirm or deny, but Take Two, in that last quote you just read, basically outed them saying the game was completed and they just needed a publishing partner. Yeah. Um, so it kind of confirms that much. Um, yeah, I don't think we need to dissect this or spend too much time. These games both interest me. I, lo- I love Rick and Morty. I'm a sucker for that stuff. So uh, I liked what I saw of that game. 
high on life. Uh, I'll probably get it when it comes out. But the quarry, very interesting. But uh, I'm glad everything worked out for both these games and they found publishing partners and they're going to come out regardless of uh, the poor reception of Stadia, which, you know, I'm still surprised when we see the logo come up in game announcements. It's still uh, a thing. It's somehow still a thing. Uh, those three people, man, they're keeping that thing alive. But let's go into some more news that makes Steve's heart just grow three sizes Skip like I was the goddamn gaming Grinch. Uh, <laughs> Dragon Dogma 2 officially in development, and it's being built, Chris, on the RE engine. This one Ooh. comes from IGN. I'll play it. Hidaki Itsuno, uh, the director of the original Dragon's Dogma, announced the sequel at the end of the 10 years of Dragon's Dogma livestream today, which is not today. It was actually yesterday. Besides learning that the new game is being developed for the RE engine, we've received no further information about the games besides besides a logo on a shirt worn by Isuno. Uh, there you go, Chris. I'm not going to waste anyone's time. We got a logo. Like, that's all we got. Um, I'm super excited for this. I can't wait to see more. But unfortunately, with the lack of anything to show, I have to assume we're not going to see this game for... I mean, I I don't even believe two years. I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw out three. I'm curious to um, like imagine a game of that scale done in the RE engine. I'm like mm-hmm. that gets me world. super I, excited. Like, does that engine like lend itself to open world though? I I'm curious. I like Village was open ish, so it's like I don't think it would be an impossibility. But all all I know is I'm very excited mm-hmm. for this, and hearing it's in the RE engine is great. I mean, again, I'm biased for Unreal Five now because that's yeah. just amazing. But if there's a second place, you know, silver medal, it's definitely going to the RE engine. True. I never played the first one that much, but I am more excited uh, by the little that we've heard. <laughs> so, Chris, I'm going to let you take the Resident Evil blowout. This one comes from us because I don't want to talk about the entire Capcom showcase. There was not a lot there. Um, I think that was worth discussing. So I just kind of put in the things I know we're going to actually want to talk. about. Yeah, this is pretty much just the stuff that we care about, which is pretty much the Resident Evil stuff. They showed Monster Hunter, the new expansion DLC. They showed far too much of it, to be honest. I will sure. say it is probably one of those success stories for a live service game, as it is with uh, Destiny 2. So I'll give it that credit. Uh, they showed some Street Fighter stuff. I'm still curious about the open world stuff. I don't know how that's going to work. The character models looked very awful. Other than like your main characters, the NPCs in the world look awful. But mm. I mean, hey, they're trying something new. Give them credit for that. Uh, and then Exo Primal they showed, which still I, I it looks like Anthem, but in squads. I don't know if I don't think I could ever find five friends to play this. To be honest, so. Um, so I don't, yeah, I have too much to say about that one just cause I still uh, secretly, I'm just hoping it's going to be like Dino Crisis somewhere hidden in the game, but <laughs> it's not, it's just looks like competitive killing dinosaurs, waves of fighting things. I don't even want that to even transition into Dino. It's just, just because the whole concept yeah. is just silly and the dinosaur animations look so bad cause they're all just mirroring that like. It's like they all have one loop, right? So they're just doing the same move on top of each other. Yeah. It looks pretty rough. Yeah. So we'll get into the bigger stuff, the Resident Evil stuff, because that's what we care about for the most part. So the, I guess, not really the bigger announcement, just because we got some from the state of play. Resident Evil 4 Remake gets a new gameplay trailer. I'll say added on gameplay trailer. 
but I mean, I guess it's a little mm-hmm. bit more. And I'll say four seconds of add-on trailer, which is Leon walking in woods that are dark. Ooh, <laughs> what a crazy reveal. Man, we should definitely have a showcase to show that four additional seconds. My God. <laughs> My God. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't too much to show there other than we're all already excited about Resident Evil 4. The one thing I think I picked out of it was you did hear uh, Luis uh, talk, uh, which is the, the cowboy guy from the game. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, I'm not too sure who's doing the voice acting for that, but uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, then the one that we were particularly more excited for was, hey, what's the DLC going to be for Resident Evil Village? Is it just the VR? No, it is not just the VR. We got Resident Evil Village Winter's Expansion. Includes the Shadows of Rose story DLC. So this is a DLC that I wasn't expecting. I figured it would be something to do within the original Mm -hmm. kind of story that you were there. Something happens in a different part of the game, maybe. But this is pretty much a new addition uh, to the end of the game. Uh, I guess most people by now, this kind of is a spoiler, I guess, sort of. I, I, I wouldn't spoil anything. Maybe let's just say... It takes place 16 years after the main story. Yes. And this character, Rose, it's very complicated. who I'm looking around, um, <laughs> is going to go back to where we've been before. And Somehow through the I mega my seat. So, <laughs> this is for me, it's the um, the thing that excited me the most. It's the only surprise reveal, yeah. really, in my opinion. Um, and I'm definitely going to get this, and I can't wait to play it. I can't wait to continue this story. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm kind of I'm kind of happy they did this. I, I honestly the way eight left it, I thought it that was heading towards like what the sequel would touch on. Yeah. But the fact that they're doing a DLC, I think this is kind of good because I'm wondering if this means they're just ready to close out Ethan's story, that whole like perspective of the Resident Evil universe, yeah. and then maybe that means Resident Evil Nine will be a fresh take, a totally different character, totally different scenarios, and I'm ready for that too. I I think it seven and eight are great in their own right i just i think ethan's a little weak and i yeah it would be nice to move on yeah so definitely excited for that the next part meh resident evil villages mercenaries mode will soon let you play as lady dimitrescu and uh chris and the what's the other dude guy's name heisenberg factory guy heisenberg yeah you'll get to play as those guys in the mercenaries mode uh sure some people like that i don't think mercenaries modes for everybody so i think i'll probably just leave it Mm -hmm. there i don't really want to go back to it but they're probably going to add trophies to it and they're going to make me want (laughs) to do it and i'm gonna be pissed off because it was a pain in the ass the first time Mm -hmm. moving on which i think this is really cool resident evil village is getting a third person mode um i think that's really unique you don't really see that in games where it's like a game's been out for so long it's like hey here's a whole new way to sort of play the game like i I find it super interesting i very much suspect i probably will go through on third person mode i don't know about yourself like i'm I'm kind of excited to try it especially when i know like it's the like the controls are probably gonna be very similar to like resident evil 2 and 3 so it's like i know it's gonna be decent so it's kind of it's interesting gonna I think the game was made first person. I actually really oh, enjoyed it the is, game in sure. first person. Um, so I'm happy leaving it at that. But for those that want like a more traditional feeling Resident Evil, I'm for this. So, like, I'm nice definitely option. not going to stand in anyone's way here. And then finally, the one that we're all waiting for, super excited for, 
The Resident Evil Reverse will officially launch this October. It's essentially a team uh, PvP team based thing. I, I assume it's like 4v4, unless it's like one. Nah, it's got to be like 4v4 or something. I, I don't think it's like one bad monster versus like four people, but mm-hmm. essentially it might be fun. I know there's some issues initially that just the video quality, but it turns out it was like some sort of shading they were doing or something. I made it look weird, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, at least they released it or will release it. I'm curious. Is this going to be free for everybody or is it still only for the people who bought village? Originally, this was supposed to be tacked on as part of the purchase. I think it'll be anyone that got Village. Doesn't matter if it's the, you know this re-release golden version or if you just previously got it. But I, I assume you get it if you bought any of them. Yeah. So that was pretty much the Capcom showcase. Obviously, we're highlighting the Resident Evil stuff because we're fans. Uh-huh. I'm excited for a good amount of the Resident Evil stuff. I'll leave it at that. The third person I think is interesting because that it, I think it just brings it further because eventually the VR mode's coming out, so that'll be it. It, it makes me want to play the game over a long period of time, like randomly go back to it. So I guess the only thing we didn't touch on was just the one that we were privy to a week ago or so, which which was the re-release of two remake, three remake, and Biohazard or Resident Evil Seven biohazard and how we get the ps5 versions that was announced there but yeah kind of like we spoiled ourselves to it so it didn't feel like yeah. a big surprise but hey chris is playing it enjoying it uh sounds like the only people not enjoying it are pc players because their pcs couldn't handle i think seven and capcom the, went and uh, fixed it so yeah they're allowing you to play the old version if your pc was starting to set itself on fire so yeah. very appreciative of that um but hey let's move into our bigger articles for the week and we're going to start with uh, an interesting one. Xbox appeared to embargo PS5, PS4 versions of some showcase games. This one comes from Push Square. Some of the games announced during Microsoft's big Xbox showcase on Sunday are coming to the PS5 and PS4, but it would appear you weren't supposed to know for at least 48 hours. It seems that the Redmond firm enforced embargoes on some of its partners, including Atlas and Koi Tecmo. We received press releases from both publishers embargoed until 6 p.m. BST, today preventing us from mentioning the PlayStation ports. Platform holders rarely ever mention competing consoles during press conferences, of course, but usually publishers will clarify which platforms their games are coming to in press releases and social media posts sent out immediately afterwards. This was true for Street Fighter VI and Resident Evil 4, for example, which are both announced at Sony's most recent state of play. However, in this instance, it appears that Microsoft didn't want news of the PS5 versions of Persona and PS5 and PS4 versions of Wulong Fallen Dynasty to be publicized until at least two days after its Xbox showcase. As far as we understand, this was enforced specifically on the Japanese titles as games like Minecraft Legends were announced for rival platforms like the PS5, PS4 and Nintendo Switch immediately after the live stream. There you go, Chris uh xbox is putting a little extra emphasis on playing dirty here i don't think it's a huge deal i think most people that are in the know kind of can guess here and there i would say you know wulong that one nobody was really gonna know uh how that was gonna go but um persona i just assumed like you know atlas has that relationship with playstation it seemed unlikely that we're going to get, you know, they'd get Persona uh, 4 Golden and not us. But uh, 
Either way, it's just an interesting move on their part. Yeah, to me, it just makes more sense if it was a game that was lesser known and like it wasn't a company that was already in a good standing with Sony or other mm-hmm. companies. So, like you said, it's it's just get over yourself. Like it's like it happens. I I wonder if it's because you know it does touch here specifically talks about Japanese publishers uh, and their titles. I'm like, is this some kind of retaliation because like Sony's good relations with Square Enix and how we still like, you know, Final Fantasy seven is still exclusive to our console, the remake. Uh, It looks like, you know, spoiler alert for future articles, but it looks like that's going to continue Final Fantasy 16 for spoken. You know, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. So, I wonder if Xbox is internalizing, you know, its own weaknesses and that seems to be Japanese titles. So is that why they pushed for this? Yeah, I guess they should buy more Japanese companies. <laughs> you did get them. You got them right there. I, I like that one. Um, you're probably not wrong, honestly. Let's get some acquisitions, guys. Get some acquisitions, uh, boys. So anyway, we're going to move on to the next one. Sony to announce a premium pro controller for the PS5. This one comes from Push Square. So all you people out there who still don't have PS5s, now you've waited for a good reason. <laughs> now you can get the pro controller. Sony will allegedly respond to fan demand and announce a premium quality pro version of the DualSense controller for the PS5, potentially later this month. The pad, codenamed Hunt, has been revealed by journalist Tom Henderson who has a relatively sturdy track record when it comes to industry insider matters. He claims the device will feature removable analog sticks, trigger stops, and rear button paddles, like the short-lived back button attachment for the DualShock 4. According to Anderson, who claims to have seen prototype pictures of the pad, the unit retains the same iconic look and shape of the existing DualSense controller, but it has buttons beneath the analog sticks, which are used to release them so they can be interchanged. There are also grips around the unit, which again can purportedly be removed. The stops on the triggers will allow you to shorten the length of travel, which pro gamers argue helps with reaction times in shooters. It's unclear how those will work in conjunction with the DualSense's existing adaptive triggers, but time will tell on that front. It's also unclear whether the controller will work on a PS4 or PSC, but we expect it would. It's possible the pad could be announced as early as this month, with Henderson hinting that Sony has a number of smaller, non-console hardware announcements planned for June, although he failed to elaborate on what else those could entail. So, Steve, will you be getting a Pro Controller? I think I might. Oh, yeah. I'm actually kind of excited for this. I will say I need to know a little bit more before I definitely just throw down all the monies. Um, but, you know, if there are smart things, and this is where Sony can always let me down, but if smart things like a bigger battery were included, I'm there. Um, you know, it does talk about, uh, you know, that whole reaction times with your triggers and them specifically bringing up, like, they don't know how that work with adaptive triggers. I do know that there's a third-party pro PS4 or PS5 controller that actually lets you turn off dual sense so you can do things like that. I would assume the same thing is going to happen here, which for some games I might want. Uh, like sometimes I like dual sense, especially in RPG or something I want to get enthralled in. But even though it makes sense for first person shooters, I would totally understand that in an online shooter, you may not want that. Like again, you're do you're trying to be competitive. Uh, anything to, you know, like, 
distract might not be appreciated. Uh, so all this stuff sounds good, though. I, I think Sony needs to get into this space. I think they've been kind of dropping the ball with accessories for a while. And it's all sorts of things, right? Like we've talked about covers. Uh, you know, they've finally given us plates that are colored, uh, which we've never had before. Great. I do hope at some point we get some with some designs on them. I know I'm being crazy because that's how they like to sell you on those limited edition bundles. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely down for this. I'm, I don't know about yourself. Like, I know, I assume you're not really competitive, though, but I don't think that's all this is for. Like I said, if it had a bigger battery, it could change my mind in a second. I think for me, it's it's not one of those things that I would just go out and buy right away. It would just be like, inevitably, when my controller does die, I would just buy the newer version. You know what I mean? Like I, it's like I because there's a newer version that exists, I would just grab it at that point. But w- so there's going to be a price difference though. So like, would you actually grab yeah, this I one would. by default? Okay, but that's I, for I me. It's like one. yeah, it's a newer version. It's updated, so it's got to be better. Because, like, for me, like, again, not competitive, but, like, let's say... Yeah, I'm not uh, competitive either. Well, um, some people would argue probably that. Elden Ring. I want to be able to... And I've heard other people do this and actually say it's quite a good thing when you get used to it. But you can put your back buttons to jump and roll. And then, therefore, you can always control the camera. And you don't have those moments where, unfortunately, in Dark Souls, a lot of the time, I do feel like sometimes you lose control of your camera. Yeah because you're trying to roll a certain way or do something, it can get distracting. So if I can get used to trying to make use of these back buttons, that it could change a couple of games. Yeah, I know some friends who have like customized their analog sticks into mm-hmm. uh, different ways, and I've, I've tried them, and I, I do. they're definitely different. I would take, yeah. It takes a little bit getting used to, but uh, I could see how they'd be improved. So I definitely need to know, please let it come in black. If they release this and it's only in white, like the console, uh, then I can tell you right now it's a no-go. Uh, give me a light blue. Honestly, I take anything over white. It's just like, it's so jarring. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little overly sensitive. but So uh, I'll give you one last question before we move on. What is the price limit that you would spend on this, though? Like, what if it comes out like some of those third-party ones and it's $200? Like $20 more. Okay. Like I don't think you're getting this. Control. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't unless they say how remarkably like better it ends up being, like mm. I don't know. To me, I've had some pro controllers for before for other systems. I didn't find them significantly better or worse than what my regular yeah. controllers, so I don't know. I I don't want to spend too much more. I mean, I probably would, let's be honest, but I I don't think it should be more than like 20 or 30. dollars I mean, it also ma- like it also matters to me the the time frame because this comes around the PSVR two and all these games. It's like, well, maybe I don't feel like spending all that money because that's going to be insane. I'll throw you a question: Do you think they'll actually call it the Pro Controller? No, I don't think they I think will. It's too simple. Well, I, I think it's it makes you think of the like the console Pro, and I don't think they want to go yeah. there yet. So it'll I think it'll Dual have a, Sense Plus maybe. Yeah, they do like plus as a word. And we like plus plus. They a do word. like plus. Yes. So plus, I don't think plus. it'll be called pro just because they, I don't think they want to touch that. So we're going to talk, we're going to get to our last article, which covers a lot. There's multiple articles in our last topic, which is the Square Enix uh, 25, 25th 
anniversary of Final Fantasy VII, uh, I believe is what they called it. So we're going to go into the first bit here. Square Enix Tetsuya Nomura touches on the future of Final Fantasy in Kingdom Hearts. This comes from Push Square. Speaking with Game Informer Series Director Tetsuya Nomura said, in quotes, with Kingdom Hearts 3, since we have so many original Kingdom Hearts characters, it was hard to find room for including more Final Fantasy for characters, he said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, admitting that cameos in the original Kingdom Hearts primarily existed to help the series find its feet. I know that some fans were concerned about that and weren't too happy and wanted to see more Final Fantasy characters. That's something we definitely are thinking about. Looking forward to Kingdom Hearts 4, Nomura added that with the sheer number of original characters characters we have now, it's hard to say what the exact balance is going to be and how it will play out. In the new game, we can't really give you a firm reply on this just yet, he concluded. One thing I want to clear up is that a lot of fans are saying that Kingdom Hearts is a collaboration between Disney characters and Fall Fantasy characters, but I really feel like that's not the basic concept of Kingdom Hearts. That's not exactly what Kingdom Hearts is. Then they don't know what Kingdom Hearts is. I'm glad you have the exact reaction that I do. Uh, when I read that the quote that I just it's did, um, originally in my, by myself, alone, in a room, you hear me. I, uh, yeah, I audibly said the same thing. I'm like, you've lost touch to what this is then, because that is exactly how it started. When people talk about Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2 boss fights, the best boss fights, and obviously the hardest boss fights. Who are they talking about? A Final Fantasy character. Sephiroth boss fights. I mean, these games from the ground up were absolutely, they're part, they're intrinsically tied to the stories, especially the first one. I, I just don't understand, like, it absolutely was Square Enix is partners, partnering with Disney, and they made a game with that, and then they included new Square Enix hybrid versions of Disney characters. That's why they look like they're a touch of both. And that was supposed to be the middle ground to introduce these two worlds. Like, I, I didn't make this game. I didn't even work on it. And I seem to understand it more. Yeah. No, I'm 100% in agreement. Kingdom Hearts 3 pretty much dropped all the. It almost has the story aspects of a Final Fantasy in it, but no Final Fantasy stuff anymore. Like, like all the nobodies and stuff. I get Final Fantasy vibes mm -hmm. for sure from that stuff. But that's like the bare minimum me scraping the barrel there. They, in my opinion, they've lost touch of what it is, what attracted people to these games. And they've just, even playing the last one, they're just, they've, they're spiraling. I don't know. I think it's too much. It's being taken over by Disney probably too much now. And it's just, it, just in what they're talking about, I, my interest level in Kingdom Hearts 4, which was already pretty low, is even lower. Because it's like, yeah. I'm not a, like a crazy fan about Final Fantasy, but there's, there's aspects of a Final Fantasy that I really enjoy. And when they merged the two together in Kingdom Hearts, I really enjoyed that sort of stuff. And yeah, I, my interest level, I mean, there's so much Sora, Roxas, and all that kind of stuff you can get, but... I almost felt like Sora was kind of a Final Fantasy character, sort of, when I was playing those games, mm -hmm. just the way it was, but I've lost that now. I'm so mad. Yeah, I just think this is a move in the wrong direction. I think they can say whatever they want, but three Kingdom Hearts 3 was fumbled from the ground, yes. right? Like, that thing shouldn't have taken 10 mm. years to make, and when it came out, you could feel the 10 years uh, just... 
it lacked a lot of stuff. Clearly, I feel like the story was a little like thrown around a little too much. There's some liberties taken. Some of the Disney stories that they put in the game, like those movies weren't yeah. even those movies were only made so many years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like even the content they just didn't have it. No, and then I think that's I honestly think the true, uh, you know, villain here was just a lack of time. They, they, this game was having so many issues. I just don't think they had time to inject Fallen Fantasy in there, and that's an oversight, a huge oversight, and uh, a problem in my opinion. And now it seems like it might carry forward into the fourth game. And I am like you, Chris. Like you know, if that's the decision they want to make, and they want to double down on like the Kingdom Hearts characters. Well, I'm sorry, there's too many Kingdom Hearts characters. Maybe, and this is crazy, but maybe in a Kingdom Hearts game, I don't need the entire like order 13 or whatever the hell they're called i don't need all 85 of those characters to show up they're all insane and then there's two versions of each of those and then it's just like it's blown up for like some ridiculous reason and nobody like and let's face it even kingdom hearts fans don't even know what the story is anymore mm. it's so convoluted and crazy maybe take a step back maybe simplify and let's get back to just cloud talks to mickey mouse and i have a little stupid smile on my face yeah. let's go to that please Anyway, we need to move forward before me and Chris's veins blow out our foreheads. Uh, a remaster of Crisis Core Fallen Fantasy 7 is coming to consoles and PC. This one comes from VGC. Crisis Core Fallen Fantasy 7 Reunion, a modern remaster of the PSP title, has been announced. Uh, in quotes, since its original release in 2007, Crisis Core Fallen Fantasy 7 has received wide acclaim for its deep and emotional story, the publisher said. Uh, this new version enhances the graphics to HD and updates all the 3D models in the game. Full voiceovers and new music arrangements present this epic tale of strife, eh, strife, cloud strife, you get it, and heroism presenting Fallen Fantasy VII in a brand new light. Enjoy a more beautiful and accessible Crisis Core going way beyond just a simple HD remaster. Chris, did you ever play Crisis Core on your PS? You might be surprised that this is like the only mobile game that I've actually played and finished oh wow it's actually probably the only final fantasy that i have finished now they think about it which is kind of sad no i finished 10 oh i feel like such a bad final fantasy player at this point but um yeah no i really liked crisis core i was actually pissed off in it because i went too far in the game and saved my game and it was past the point where i could do all the side stuff so i really pissed myself off about that and I was like, I didn't want to go back and do it because it, I did put a lot of time into it already. But I'm, I'm kind of excited for this. I could maybe see myself actually playing this one again because it, it was one of those kind of like casual ones that was like fun to just pick up and play randomly. I have a question for you then because my memory is failing me in my old age now. Um, I did play this. I don't remember beating it. So I'm wondering, I, I can't even, if so far, like it's not that like long ago, but for some reason it does to me. Um, I don't remember the slot machine thing going on in the top left corner. There seems to be like characters and numbers and it just looks like a slot machine. Was that in the original? I don't remember that for some reason. And I'm so confused and I'm like, what could this be? <laughs> I'm kind of blanking on it, but it, it does sort of seem familiar to me. I remember there okay, being like mini games and stuff added. that kind oh, okay. of did that sort of thing. So it's. I think it probably that was seemed like there. it was in combat. It was doing that. And I was very, yeah, scared. I feel like that was a thing. I just, it's just so okay. long ago. Oh my God. So hopefully like, again, I don't remember much about this game. I do enjoy Zach as a character. That's um, pretty much Zach they, and Aerith, right? 
Is there more of a story about them? Well, she's kind of included, but it's more about Zach Sephiroth and two new characters that they kind of yeah. just like injected she was in, in there it, to try to flesh out. Oh yeah, she's yeah. in it. Um, a little that, maybe that's why I don't like how it. she knew him. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, it's more about Sephiroth's descent into madness. I think. But do they change uh, the ending? Why? To make it match the remake of Seven now. Uh, uh, well, I wouldn't doubt it. You can't. There's nothing sacred. It's called Asia. reunion. Uh... Well, that's. You know, I mean, we can bring. I'll bring it up later. There's a point that uh, this reunion title it kind of ruins some people's uh, online speculations of a different title. But anyway, let's get to uh, what probably excited most people about their uh, conference here. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is remake two. PS5 exclusive out in winter 2023. This one comes from Push Square. The official title for Final Fantasy VII Remake 2 is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Square Enix has confirmed, indeed, this isn't a remake anymore. And man, can I not emphasize or highlight enough? Uh, Rebirth is going to be a PS5 exclusive. It's targeting a winter 2023 launch, which means that we're supposed to be getting two blockbuster Final Fantasy titles next year, with Final Fantasy 16 also scheduled. Chris, they didn't show much, if anything. They showed a lot of cloud walking with Sephiroth for whatever reason. A lot of dialogue over them uh, about... I mean, everything that they talked about, it definitely sounds like this is no longer a remake, which, unfortunately, is my biggest complaint about the you know, Final Fantasy VII remake itself, is it wasn't a remake. They changed a lot, and the dialogue just here, and just even the title, Rebirth, they threw everything out the window. They don't even give a shit anymore. Nothing's sacred. They don't care. This is just a whole, this is Final Fantasy VII reimagined in every terrible way, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, it just looks like from the little we saw, it so far it seems the gameplay is exactly the same, which isn't good for me. I know some people really liked the combat system. I don't think it was horrible. The way it was implemented was terrible. And the fact that it was handholdy, every situation was controlled, that you had to beat it in a certain way with certain characters. You know, Fallen Fantasy traditionally is a party-based system. The fact that I couldn't customize my party almost ever, and it was always scripted places with certain characters. You know, even seeing Cloud walk with, I I don't know if that's like actually Sephiroth or it's just supposed to be him in his mind. I don't know. But either way, like I'd assume, again, that's just a scripted thing. And you again, you don't have a party then. And I, that was my biggest complaint. And is that like, you know, the house fight, Chris? And it's like, well, it's only Cloud and it's only Aerith. And you have to do it in this certain way because you have to play as Aerith at a certain phase and this. And I'm like, man, it's like, it, this whole thing's just scripted. Then just play it for me at this point. Like, if there's no freedom, I'm not having any enjoyment here. And it just, yeah. And then they're just throwing the story to the side. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't know. I just don't know who this is for. I'm sorry. I'm probably rambling and ranting. But you know I'm very passionate about this because I, in my heart, I love Fallen Fantasy VII, the original. And it the the saddest realization is in hearing all the original music again. My first thought now is like, man, I want to play that PS4 version mm. of the original more than I want to play remake or anything like that. I guess my question for you is if it does try to stay on the same track as the original, where do you think this game would end in the game, like timeline wise? See, like, where would it get I up? I guarantee you it's not. Because in some of the dialogue, it's literally Cloud telling Aerith of her, like, what 
is supposed to happen to her and she's like what do you mean and it's just like all these dialogue things of like changes right so that's why i'm like this isn't gonna you know i hear a lot of people being like oh i think it will end in this part of seven i'm like you guys need to understand like calling it rebirth this is a totally different game now like they're they're off the script they're off the beaten path this is i don't think this is gonna like have a lot of things that people are expecting it to have I, i think you might be right on that just based on the how the first one went and whatnot so yeah i'm i i don't know what to say we've talked about this so much even just gameplay mechanics wise i still don't know how it's going to connect to the first one it doesn't make sense with the gear the materia we've talked about this before i feel like i'm ranting summons summons everything's like max level so are they just gonna like like a diablo expansion where the max level's higher now and all your gear has slightly new abilities or some shit i don't know I don't know what to say, honestly. I I did enjoy my time with the the remake. Um, I don't hold Final Fantasy VII, the original, in my heart as much as you do. I didn't take as take it as much of a attack on the fans, uh, but I do see it when you when you talk about it. So I don't know what to say. Almost almost at this point, I'm like I almost rather they just do another movie or something. You know what I mean? Just give me a movie, cinematic. Give me a even a Final Fantasy VII series, TV series, or something. I think that would have been more yeah. interesting at this point. PS5 exclusive. That's interesting that that's maintaining. That's that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad for the Xbox people. Although I don't didn't hear too many people on the Xbox side be like, "Eh, I need Final Fantasy." So yeah. I don't know. I, it, maybe it doesn't matter at this point. So. I'm interested. I'm probably going to get it just for the sake of I need to know where the frick they're going with the series. But I I think I'm I'm like I'm trying to think it's like if it does stay somehow back on track, where would it end? I don't know. It sounds like yeah. they show the Sephiroth stuff and Cloud stuff, so that's them relieving the memory stuff uh that, you know. Yeah, they showed a little about. I think they showed a little of Zack carrying Cloud towards Midgar as well. Yeah. Um, which again, it's not canon. No. Well, I, I can't say this canon, is the new canon. The <laughs> yeah, Don't yeah, you exactly. Know. So it is what it is. I am going to go the opposite way than Chris did, and I'm not getting this. I'll wait to see what Chris thinks about it. Maybe he can tell me the story's great, or you know, closer to release, maybe they'll announce like there were some changes that, in my opinion, need to happen. Um, and then I. You know, I would give it a second chance, but, um, and who knows, maybe I'd receive it better now that I just understand that they don't care yeah, about anything sacred. And, it's different. Yeah, they just, you it's know, own thing. want to try something different. Just weird. Maybe we need to go back to the dictionary and what the hell remake means. Yeah. It should be reimagined. Well, yeah, reimagine or just call it reboot. Yeah. You know, whatever. Like, um, but anyway, we're going to still talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake in the next article. Final Fantasy VII Remake series is three games, part three, already in pre-production. This one comes from Push Square. During the Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary celebration, Stream Square Enix confirmed that the new Final Fantasy VII series, that's Final Fantasy VII Remake and the newly announced Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, will be made up of three games. The stream also spilled the beans that the third game is now in pre-production, which is certainly a plus if you want this trilogy to be complete before the sun implodes. If Square Enix can actually stick to that schedule, that's another one that we need to highlight and uh, focus well on. Well said, push but, Square. Uh, 
Yes. Uh, yeah, they took some shots on him as well. Clearly, that's something that me and Chris never shy from. Um, but there you go. It's going to be three parts like we all kind of speculated. Uh, yeah. They do seem to have a theme here. Remake, rebirth. Everyone online is now guessing what the third one is. Re this, re that. Uh, I'll just throw my hat in. And uh, I think it's going to be called regret. And uh, that's because I regret playing any It'll of these. It'll be spelt wrong, right? Regrets. Oh, for sure. Yes, exactly. With a Z, maybe, just to be edgy. Um, but there you go. Yeah, there's going to be three. So, again, if it's following traditional lore, I would assume... I mean, I don't know what to say. There's just so much content, and it's hard to say what they... They're clearly going to have to cut some stuff out because they wasted so much time in Midgar. So then I, I kind of assume, like, this second game would end somewhere with Meteor showing up, and then I would assume the third part would be resolved. Sid's not going to be in it. There's no way. How are they going to fit him in? I just don't know how they're going to introduce that many characters. Like, unless they're going to keep holding some out for the third one, but then it's like, man, you're not going to have any connection with them. Like, by the time it's all said and gone, you're not going to black care, materia. Probably. Are they even going to have time for it? <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's, know. there's too much. Yeah, I mean, I. I kind of have the inside track and Final Fantasy seven is going to be called Final Fantasy seven reverse. And you're going to have all your characters and you're going to be able to play maps and fight each other <laughs> with cell shaded yeah. graphics. <laughs> well, and I know a lot of people online were like, well, it's going to be called reunion. You know, yeah. says it like a hundred times Spoiler, in the game, but can't. that's what I was alluding to before yeah. is that if Final Fantasy like crisis core is called reunion, I don't think this one's going to be called reunion, unfortunately. Although that would have been kind of a cool name. It would have been. It would have made um, more sense. Yeah. In the way they're changing it. So yeah. not much to say here. It's going to be. I mean, the big thing, I guess, is that, hey, it's at least three parts. So we know where the finish line potentially is. Yeah. But and that they're already, you know, pre-production at least. So it's not going to be like 40 years later, like Square Enix is known yeah. for. But yeah. OK, we'll see how that goes. It's obviously, like I said, it's a new game, man. It's a new game. So that's it for news. Means guess what? Review roundup. So let's get you those Metacritic scores. Fortunately, there's only one game of note that's coming out this week. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. This one is on PS4. Sitting on an 85. Really positive. We got 22 positive reviews. One mix, zero negative. There you go. If you're interested in the old... What it, what, I don't know how we categorize those. Like brawler, 2D brawlers. Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, if you're interested in 2D brawlers, there you go. It's getting uh, you know high praise. Uh, so congrats to that. Uh, and then we're going to move on to homework. What is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time in the show to get through everything that happened this week. So we just give you the article headlines where you can find those articles and you go educate yourselves. So Team Ninja's Wolong Fallen Dynasty is also coming to PlayStation consoles. This one comes from VGC. Ubisoft says it will unveil the future of Assassin's Creed in September. This one comes from VGC. That one is hilarious because they literally had an Assassin's Creed stream just to tell you that they're going to have more stuff to talk about later. Seems reminiscent of Sounds Capcom's like Dragon Dogma, like a kerfuffle, but there you go. Uh, Take Two Boss believes new PS Plus is the right approach to subscriptions. This one comes from Push I could Square. Agree. More people agree with me and Chris. I yeah. could agree with it. I think-, I think we're all, I feel like we're all really intelligent people in a circle, yeah. and we just came up with a crazy idea, and it's called Make Money. <laughs> <laughs> Housemark wants to put canned Returnal ideas into its next game. This one comes from VGC. Uh, who knows what that means, but it's kind of got me interested. 
Uh, they definitely come up with some unique games. Uh, the Last of Us Part 1 compares tests on PS5 versus PS3 model, and the results are impressive. This one comes from Push Square. And uh, no, they're not. It's a whole new not. world. She looks, she looks absolutely... Wor- Why she looks so haggard now? They aged her like 15 she years. Looks older. Doesn't look like the same character. I'm like, uh, can I get a choice? Can I go back to the PS3 yeah. model? Uh, oh, yeah, I can. It's just called Play The Last of Us Remastered. That's free right now on our service. Oh, okay, burn. cool. Oh, does that run at 60 frames per second and it loads really fast? Ah, crazy, crazy times. Overwatch 2 ditches loot boxes but adds battle pass and a store. This one comes from IGN. Positive news from Blizzard? This is outlandish. Secretly, it's just Overwatch 1, so I don't know how positive it can really be. (laughs) May 2022 was the slowest month for video game sales in two years. This one comes from IGN. Yeah, it's May, man. May's May, quiet. Never, nothing, nothing ever comes out on my well, birthday. More people are actually getting to leave the house, yeah. but also lack of releases. Yeah. You know, what do you want? Diablo 4 will be a full price release with premium cosmetic items and expansions. This one comes from Push Square. Okay. I mean, that was the most impressive game Xbox showed, in my opinion. Uh, I wasn't, you know, super hyped about Starfield. Uh, it uh, definitely is showing its age, that one. And uh, Redfall just looks atrocious. It's definitely not a game for me. It looks atrocious. So Diablo 4 looked impressive, but with all the Diablo Immortal stuff, there's so much to be concerned about that uh, I literally, like, I would pray that nobody pre-orders. Uh, definitely let this one come out and see what's the actual happening. There's no reason to pre-order. No. A Plague Tale Requiem still set for 2022 in new trailer. This one comes from Push Square. I did watch that trailer and it looks good because I had fun with the first one and visually it looked really good. I'm excited to see some of the uh, more. I want to see the characters like evolve. Like they, they like the game does it so well with like feeling for the characters and like them like learning and progressing and a- like aging. Aging in the sense like, you know, they they live through some stuff. Hopefully not like Tess. Please tell me they don't not, age not like, like Tess from no, last no. Okay. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that game looks like it's making the right moves. Like, it looks like a full game now, not just like, a, you know, avoid the rat pile simulator. But um, yeah, I don't know. That, that definitely was another good showing I saw. Um, and it's the only reason I downloaded the original and we'll see. If I, I look forward to, to you so. actually playing that. You should stream yeah, it so I, I, I can watch. you'd be interested. So that's it for homework. That's it for the show. Guess what? That's it for another Monday from us. So until next Monday, I guess you're going to have to wait. And we're just going to have to thank you for your time. Again, your most valuable currency. We appreciate it. You guys humble us. And uh, we love you all. So until next Monday, all there's left to say is goodbye. Bye, guys. My best one yet.